The United States Constitution spells out a very specific process for how to amend the document. First, Congress must vote to approve the amendment, and then the amendment is sent to state legislatures for ratification. Most amendments never make it through Congress. But what happens when an amendment makes it through Congress, but then doesn't get approved by the states? Learn more about unratified amendments. Now some of them have become immortal on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Several times I've mentioned the grass-fed and grass-finished ground beef and steaks that you can get from ButcherBox. This time, I'd like to tell you about their exceptional salmon and seafood. Most of the salmon that you might buy at a store is actually farm-raised. These salmon are fed a diet that isn't natural for salmon, and as a result, their flesh tends to be gray, not pink. To compensate for this, they're then fed a synthetic chemical to replicate the color of natural salmon. ButcherBox sources all of its seafood directly from independent fishing operations in places like Alaska, Maine, and Massachusetts. Everything is wild-caught and sustainably harvested with no added chemicals, dyes, hormones, or preservatives. The result is some of the finest salmon, scallops, cod, and shrimp delivered directly to your door. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com daily and use code DAILY at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus, get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com daily and use code DAILY. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by CuriosityStream. I've told you many times before about CuriosityStream and how they have some of the best educational programming and documentaries of any streaming service. I've also told you how affordable it can be, as it normally costs only $20 per year to subscribe to the service. Well, it just got even cheaper. CuriosityStream is celebrating their 6th anniversary. Now, through April 21st, annual plans have been discounted by 40%. That means a full year of high-definition programming can now be had for only $11.99. That's $1 a month. To take advantage of this limited-time offer, go to everything-everywhere.com slash curiositystream. That's everything-everywhere.com slash curiositystream. Or just click on the link in the show notes. As I noted in the introduction, the Constitution has a very set procedure for how to amend it. And it's actually really hard to do, and that's by design. To date, the Constitution has been amended 27 times. Ten of those were done in one fell swoop with the passage of the Bill of Rights. To put that into perspective, it's been estimated that about 11,000 amendments have been proposed to Congress since the Constitution was established in 1788. Two-thirds of both houses of Congress must approve the amendment, and then three-quarters of the state legislatures must approve it. That's a pretty high hurdle to overcome. It's designed to ensure that if the Constitution is changed, then almost everyone will be in agreement on the need for the change. But what happens when an amendment jumps over the first hurdle of Congress 
but doesn't make it over the second hurdle of approval by the states. Then you have what's known as an unratified amendment. For most of the amendments which have actually passed Congress, there was no stipulation as to when the states had to approve the amendment. This has led to some very odd situations where states ratified constitutional amendments decades or even centuries after they were first approved by Congress. The classic example of this is the 27th Amendment. This is the most recent amendment to the Constitution. The text of the amendment is as follows. Quote, No law varying the compensation for the services of the senators and representatives shall take effect until an election of representatives shall have intervened. Unquote. Basically, a sitting Congress can't give itself a pay raise. They can only give the next Congress, which sits after the next election, a pay raise. This amendment was passed by Congress on September 25, 1789, as part of a package of 12 amendments, 10 of which ended up becoming the Bill of Rights. At the time of passage by Congress, there were only 13 states, so they needed 10 to approve the amendment. By 1792, only 7 states had passed it, and the 7th was Kentucky, which by that time was the 15th state. As more states were added, the number of states required to pass it kept growing. It took 80 years for the 8th state to ratify it, which was Ohio in 1873. It was then another 100 years for the 9th state to ratify it, which was Wyoming in 1978. After this, it picked up momentum, and the National Archivist declared the amendment to have been passed on May 18, 1992, when Michigan ratified the amendment. It took 202 years, 7 months, and 10 days for the amendment to get ratified, from passage in Congress to the final state. I mentioned that this was one of the 12 original amendments. The 27th Amendment and the Bill of Rights make 11, so what happened to number 12? Well, it's still floating around in limbo. It's called the Congressional Apportionment Amendment. The text of it reads as follows, quote, After the first enumeration required by the first article of the Constitution, there shall be one representative for every 30,000, until the number shall amount to 100, after which the proportion shall be so regulated by Congress that there shall not be less than 100 representatives, nor less than one representative for every 40,000 persons, unless the number of representatives shall amount to 200 after which the proportion shall be so regulated by Congress that there shall not be less than 200 representatives, no more than one representative for every 50,000 persons, unquote. So, if this amendment were to have been passed, then the House of Representatives today would have about 6,600 members, instead of 435. Believe it or not, this almost passed. It was one state away from ratification when Kentucky ratified it in 1792. They were the 11th state to ratify, but they needed 12 at the time. No state has ratified it since 1792 for obvious reasons, but it's still theoretically possible that states could ratify it. Although realistically, given the population of the country today, this would be a really bad idea, and the House can set its own size anyhow. And here I'll refer you to my episode on the Electoral College. In 1810, Congress passed the Titles of Nobility Amendment and sent it to the states. The text of the amendment reads, quote, If any citizen of the United States shall accept, claim, receive, or retain any title of nobility or honor, or shall without the consent of Congress accept and retain any present, pension, office, or emolument of any kind whatsoever from any emperor, king, prince, or foreign power, such person shall cease to be a citizen of the United States and shall be incapable of holding any office of trust or profit under them or either of them. Unquote. 
This amendment was created in direct response to Napoleon Bonaparte's younger brother, whose first wife was American. They wanted their son, Jerome Napoleon Bonaparte, to have French aristocratic titles, but still be an American citizen. And this did not sit well with some. This has been ratified by 12 states so far, and none since 1812. I don't think most people care about this at the moment, but if at some point in the future some American gets some title from a foreign country, this could make a revival. Currently, 26 more states would have to ratify it for passage. Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, should probably make note. The other 19th century unratified amendment is a doozy. It's called the Corwin Amendment, and it reads, quote, No amendment shall be made to the Constitution which will authorize or give to Congress the power to abolish or interfere within any state with the domestic institutions thereof, including that of persons held to labor or service by the laws of said state. Unquote. The domestic institutions it was referring to was, of course, slavery. The amendment was passed by Congress on March 2, 1861, just a month before the Civil War started. It was a last-minute attempt to try to prevent war. Only five states ever ratified it. Oddly enough, they were all states in the North. Two of the five, Ohio and Maryland, have since rescinded their ratification. Kentucky, Rhode Island, and Illinois have never rescinded their ratification. Likewise, Congress has never rescinded its approval of the amendment. Had this been passed, it would have blocked passage of the 13th and 14th Amendments. This would have had to have been overturned in order to get those amendments passed. The Corwin Amendment is a good reason why we shouldn't have open-ended amendments. This vestige of slavery is technically still floating around. While the odds of it ever being ratified are zero, it's still sort of annoying that it's there. Congress eventually wised up to this problem. Starting in 1917 with the 18th Amendment, which ushered in Prohibition, Congress put a timer on amendment ratification. The third section of the 18th Amendment says, quote, This article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of the several states, as provided in the Constitution, within seven years from the date of submission hereof to the states by Congress, unquote. This solved the problem of having things like the Corwin Amendment floating around forever. States had seven years to ratify the amendment, and if they didn't, the amendment would die. However, they didn't do this with every amendment. There was one more amendment that passed Congress without a timer. The Child Labor Amendment, which gave Congress the power to regulate or ban labor by people under the age of 18. It passed Congress in 1924, but there was no timer. So far, 28 states have ratified it, the last of which was in 1937. In 1939, there was a Supreme Court case. Coleman v. Miller, that dealt with the amendment. The court flat out said if Congress didn't specify a time in which the amendment had to be ratified, then it would remain an open issue. The fact that they did such a thing for past amendments, aka the 18th Amendment, indicated that they knew it was an option and could have done it if they had chosen to do so. The Child Labor Amendment has sort of become moot because the federal government just went ahead and started to regulate it anyhow during the New Deal. There have been two amendments that were passed by Congress with deadlines for ratification, which weren't ratified in time by the states. They are the Equal Rights Amendment and the District of Columbia Voting Rights Amendment. The Equal Rights Amendment passed Congress on March 22, 1972, and it had a deadline for ratification of March 22, 1979. At that date, 35 states had ratified it, but four had rescinded their ratification. Some states have ratified it after the deadline, the last being Virginia in 2020. The other amendment, the District of Columbia Voting Rights Amendment, 
would give Washington, D.C. the same representation in Congress and rights as if it were a state. It would also have repealed the 23rd Amendment, which would have become unnecessary. The deadline for this amendment was August 22, 1985, and at that time, only 16 states had ratified it. That means there are still four amendments floating around which could, in theory, be ratified. The Congressional Apportionment Amendment, the Titles of Nobility Amendment, the Corwin Amendment, and the Child Labor Amendment. While none of the amendments have any real chance of ever being ratified, it also isn't above zero. If there are any members of Congress out there listening to this podcast, it might be worthwhile to propose the Amendment Cleanup Bill, which would formally rescind congressional approval for the outstanding amendments, which are now over a century old. The associate producer of Everything Everywhere Daily is Thor Thompson. If you'd like to support the show, please donate over at Patreon.com. There is content only available to supporters, merchandise, and even opportunities for a show producer credit. If you know someone you think would enjoy the show, please share it with them. Also remember, if you leave a five-star review, I'll read your review on the show.